across 110th Street. Bim's trying to catch a woman that's weak. What up, y'all? It's the Reviewer Do Podcast. I'm DJ, and I'm joined by my frequent collaborator, Will the Greatest. Will, won't you say hello to the lovely people? Hello, lovely people. It's good to be <laughs> back here. Um, actually, as you did the intro, I was thinking about the song, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of music to think about in uh, today's episode, Ed. but today we're here to discuss the third film of Quentin Tarantino's filmography, Jackie Brown. Let's get right into it, bro. I wanted to start off by asking, have you seen this movie before? I have not. It, it's been, um, so I, I think Tarantino has an interesting relationship with the black community. Or in either, <laughs> Indeed. either you really like his movies or you really don't, and I'm in the camp where <laughs> I actually really like it so um when you you know asked me if i wanted to do it i'm like oh yeah and it's like yeah i've heard about jackie brown i've been meaning to watch that so i'm like it's yeah it's it's really good <laughs> it's really good you enjoyed it see okay for me I, like as someone who you know i am into jack um excuse me i am into quentin tarantino movies i really like his movies and I remember seeing this one um, when I was younger and in my black exploitation phase, you know, like around like 15, mm. 16, where I was like, oh man, I got to watch all of these, uh, you know, movies from the 70s that start like black people. You know, this is the, this is the or text of, you know, black cinema, you know what I mean? Right. And right. Uh, of course they, were, they weren't perfect films, but you know, they, they were saying something about the time and this, that, and the third. And I felt really kind of cold uh, when I watched this one. It felt really kind of mm. like, yeah, underwhelming to me when I first watched it. And now... I, I feel like I can, I can appreciate it more, but it, even as someone who likes Quentin Tarantino, I don't know. Like this one just doesn't pull me as much. The the plot of the intrigue of what's happening mm-hmm. just feels so where, I, where I'm just kind of like feels like I'm just like being tennis back and forth. Like wait, what's going on? What, what's happening? What, okay, so what? Wait, what, what? Why does it matter that? Wait, so this amount of money matters, but not this because mm-hmm. this was going in here. Like you know, like I just felt like yeah. I was just like like I love the actors in the movie. I think that they are great. Oh, the cast but is, is nuts. I'm I yeah, was confused. Phenomenal. I'm like I'm like so he just called everybody. <laughs> yeah, and it's so crazy because it's like these are all I think except for Melanie, everyone is like an actor in their like forties and above. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is a very very like adult film in the most literal sense um yeah yeah um and so like going into this movie like i had already kind of had this feeling of like mm, this is kind of like his this is a bit of a miss and then i watched it again i was just like i i feel like i can appreciate more of what's happening but it's still kind of just like i get lost in the weeds so much when i'm trying to figure out you know when they have the scenes of explaining like well i did this with this money and that with that money now i remember at first kind of feeling uh when i was a kid feeling like Jackie Brown's character actually like didn't have that much autonomy, but I think that might have just been in general because the, the plotting of it is so like kind of y- you kind of just have to be paying attention to what she was already planning on doing, you know, because she actually does exercise a lot of autonomy in this movie. Like she, she directly does. is like playing the police against Ordell, which is pretty freaking cool. Um, but it's just like a thing where it's like I, I, I can't get into it as much because it just feels so much about like okay this money's gonna change hands but there's gonna be a towel over this money right. which is actually this money but underneath it is this money and cocaine is this money and then and I'm like like the first twenty minutes I was solid and on board with and I think you actually don't see Jackie Brown for like the first half hour of this movie uh, like she's the she's the very first thing you see yeah walking, and then she's uh, gone for yeah. like twenty minutes. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's wild that you mention all that because when I came out of it, oh, so of the I, I can't say I've seen all of of Tarantino's films. Like I I still need to see mm. um, 
you know, Hateful Eight and um, Once Upon a was it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the and and I need to see Glorious Bastards. You know, don't don't shoot me over that. But of the movies I've seen <laughs> of his, this is actually I think his strongest to me. Really? Okay. Okay. Well, it, it you seems... know, maybe you got it more than me, and and I'm the, I'm the dumbass who's about to be schooled today. Let, let's... No, it, it <laughs> seems like a more refined version of what he was doing with Pulp Fiction to me. That's mm. that's how I kind of uh, came out of it, and like by the time I came, or like I think what worked for me a lot is I I understand kind of what you're saying about how it almost feels like she has no autonomy, but she's playing she's chestnut checkers the whole movie. right <laughs> so i'm like so wait who who are you about to turn on and you don't know it up until the end and i'm actually not sure if she knew she just had <laughs> everything set up just in case it uh, either way it yeah, was set to go in yeah, her favor she had which, contingencies yeah, yeah. This, like she's on some like light yagami level shit <laughs> yeah. but um, it's like one of those things where it's like i think there is that feeling of just like you know, process is kind of boring where it's just like, this is what the process was going to be. And then you just mm-hmm. do that process. You know what I mean? And also it was just like, you know, this is supposed to be a, a tribute black exploitation film in a certain respect. And it doesn't really feel like that outside of the music. No, you know, I agree. There's not like, like the, the music. It's not like the, I think about like, you know, she's not trying to go against the man. You know, she's there's no real deeper social issues in the black community that's really mm-hmm. being addressed. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's just no, no, like, I, I, I agree. It's, it's really just like the music and the cinematography and some of the editing. Sure, sure. That that's that's really about it. But no, you're. I I agree with that. Um, even though it's like weirdly, it's like even the box, the, even the cover for it isn't really, um, consistent with what the actual plot of the movie about. Because I thought it was going to be like a black exploitation, like an espionage flick or something. No, right. it's about a flight attendant smuggling money. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and trying to dodge the cops in jail time, like which I mean, that's an interesting right. premise. She's not but, out for revenge. She's not yeah. out, you know, like yeah, it doesn't like, really like like work maybe, in that way. And, and like maybe there's some revenge for Ordell, but really at the end of the day, mm. all of her choices are made out of self-preservation. Than like, oh, I want to get Ordell, but like even at the at the you know end end of the movie where, where everything goes down how it does, and we'll get to that, but um. Um, yeah. It's like no, it's, it, it, she like you said, everything had a contingency for it somehow, and like by the end, you kind of think backwards, and you're like, and I'm like, so I think that's why some of the editing is done the way it was. There was a scene, that, yeah, like, yeah. Um, it took me out because I'm like, no, this is straight up 70s, but there was a, uh, it was like a half wipe where it was showing two completely <laughs> different things going on at the same time, and it, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe because I've seen too many. 2021 movies like dune and and other shit but i'm just like that i'm just like oh oh it was so slow (laughs) oh it's oh it's ancient it was movies from like 97 but that editing technique i'm like oh that's like george lucas that's a brian de palma you know that's that's (laughs) that's baby's first windows movie maker and yeah. just shoot in the middle here's two different scenes i'm like what i get yeah, it and, and i know what it's from and there's a freak yeah and there's a frequent thing where they'll like all right here's how this play uh, scene played out for this character and now we're going back to show you how this scene played out for them yeah and it's like it, ha- it has that sort of pulp fiction feel but it, on a sort of smaller 
like on a smaller scale, right. but I, I don't enjoy it as much. I don't think that's what confused me. I think it was really just trying to figure out like, wait, what if he's getting this money? Why does it? Why does he not? What get was that the money? plan? I think is where the confusion. Yeah, gone. like <laughs> and I think that's why yeah. he tried to do. He's like, okay, if I explain what happened from everyone's perspective, they'll get it, <laughs> and I think it might just be a case of either it clicked or it didn't, and that's a hard sell because like yeah. the specific point we're talking about is is rather it's it's kind of it, i'll agree with you it's kind of disjointed because it just like because it the only thing that really helps guide it is it's like it their engagement with the scenario happened at this time it's all the same day but at like five different times yeah <laughs> four so, completely different things happened <laughs> culminating right. in in what happens at that so so let, let's start getting into the movie. So it yeah. starts off with the, you know, across the hundred and ten street. That Bobby Mo- Womack uh, strong ass. That Bobby Womack. <laughs> that strong ass joint. Put that Bobby um, Womack on. <laughs> from, from another movie, which was called, can, can you guess it, folks? Across the hundred and ten street. Uh, I'll be damned. <laughs> But yeah, it starts off, uh, so after that intro scene, you get like, it just like smash cuts to a bunch of uh, a, a movie, someone watching TV, of a bunch of chicks firing machine guns and different types of like <laughs> Wait. automatic assault rifles. <laughs> while, while we're talking about that, which like one, I think the opening of the movie is amazing. Then you cut yeah. to, uh, what is it, Old, um, Ordell and, yeah. oh, what was the motherfucker's name? Odell, uh, uh, Ordell and Lewis. Robin. Yeah, Robert De Niro, Robert, Robert De, Niro De Niro's and character. Samuel Jackson's yeah, what yeah, characters. What the shit was on Samuel L. Jackson's face <laughs> and the back of his head? That was the oh, first Lord. thing that took me out of the movie. I'm like, Quentin. Like, this Quentin, man is acting through this costume. Qu- yes. Yes, he is. I'm like, Quentin, what was this? What was this decision? What black man? What black man you know is he, wearing this? No, not a soul. Like I know, I know Stevie Wonder got got uh, some hairline stuff. Coolio got sure, some hairline stuff. I've never seen anything from the likes of this in all my days. <laughs> I'm like the only well, Quentin. What was he has a rat tail beard? <laughs> a rat tail goatee. Yes, beaded. yes. <laughs> he has a rat tail goatee, and then a half bald, half ponytail. Yes. Which he covers with the Kangol, which is just so... He covers it with a Kangol. I'm like, this is the worst. <laughs> All of the worst. <laughs> clearly, clearly look. nobody what black was in this fashion department. That, okay, see, that's what I was... I was like... It, it, part clearly. of me was kind of, kind of going like, is that text? Like, is that, you know, something you could uh, see as Ur text? Like, here's this guy who's, you know, trying to get by in the white man's world. So he's kind of getting the look of, 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 of the white hustler. You know, like, is that... What's going on? Because that's the only thing I can kind of like interpret, you know. I I don't see what he was trying to say other than this is this is a man that shouldn't be trusted. Because look, if I ran into anybody <laughs> like that today, I wouldn't trust them. Right, damn. It's <laughs> like don't right. talk to me. Hey man, you want to make some money quick? No, not with the way that you make money. You look like no, you smuggle. No, no. <laughs> yeah, clearly. 
Uh, but yeah, like it starts with uh, you know the chicks and machine uh, with the machine guns and whatnot, and it pulls yeah. back to uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson revealing that he's a gun runner, and it's kind of an interesting opening convo. Actually, I think the opening convos mm-hmm. of you know all of Quentin Tarantino's movies always have something very interesting to sort of grapple with, and with this one, um, the dialogue is basically all but confessing that violence on screen literally does influence people's behavior, <laughs> like because <laughs> it, it, the convo is all about how like. Oh yeah, when this gun was in this movie, all of a sudden, all the uh, criminals want this gun. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting dialogue, especially because um, because Louis uh, De Niro's character, da, he's very disengaged. Like, the yeah, whole, he. Whole time. I, I think I think that's a. I think that's a fascinating choice as, like, someone that, you know, Robert De Niro, we know him as the guy who's in mafia movies. Right. And this feels like such playing against type. Because, yeah, he just feels like he's just kind of clueless and doesn't know what the fuck is happening most of the time. Or yeah. he's like, oh, oh uh, uh, all right. But it's kind of like, it's fascinating because, like, you never really see him play this type of character. He's always the type of guy who's, you know, cool, wow. relatively cool, common collected, and knows what's going on. You know, but with this, it's just like, oh, what? Uh, Oh, I guess that's how we're doing that. All right, you know. But I think that's like a really good use of him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, contrary to how you would expect to use him, it's actually kind of like cool because it's like it's him just flexing this different muscle where you're paying attention just to be like, oh, what? Yeah, he's just. I think he's just some guy who's just kind of in over his head on as to what's happening. Right, yeah. and and then it's revealed he's you know it's like how he just got out of prison for robbing a bank, which I'm like, okay, damn. All right. <laughs> we still trying to rob that's, Banksy? You thought you were going to get away with that? <laughs> yeah, that's a, the third uh, Quentin Tarantino movie in a row that's had like a bank robber. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it was like, well, clearly some mistakes were made. Yeah. But, but, um, and, and yeah, the shit didn't go well the first time there was a bank robber in a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> no. In fact, no, it, it never really seems to. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, yeah like the, going back to that. Oh, oh, what are you going to say? No, no, uh, we're going back to the scene of just, um, just you know, or we get introduced to Ordell, Lewis, and Melanie, his, mm-hmm. I guess, Ordell's girl. Uh, his, his, uh, he has multi-faceted side pieces, so you can't really say it's his one side piece. So yeah, one she, of the side she lives pieces with him. <laughs> Yeah, and, but it's not even that because they explain it later on. It's fascinating how like it unfolds. She just goes like, "Oh yeah, he she's just one of the chicks that I, whose pad I hang out at, uh, as opposed to this girl's oh, pad right. that I hang out at over here." And I got a pad back over here where you know the country uh, bumpkin chick that I met at nineteen kind of hangs. Out. So it's just kind of like the, I think the the point is that he's always you know moving and you can't really pin him down as to where he mm-hmm. is, you know. Um, and yeah, it starts off at the beginning kind of talking about how you know, and he mentions points where he talks about like. Uh, you know, the, the Beretta or whatever is the better option, but it's not as flashy, but people want to go for this, even though the 45, that's what uh, he specifically brings up, the 45s are, are the cool thing that everybody wants, but it has a jamming problem. And, like, even though they're virtually no different than the, I think it's the uh, the Beretta, mm-hmm. like, you know, people want that, even though, like, literally there's a reason why you wouldn't want it, because it's a, it's a, uh, you know, lesser, like, the gun's gonna fuck up on you during a crucial time. But that doesn't matter, because it looks really cool, so that's what I want to get. And, um, oh yeah, and he's, he brought up another gun that he said, like, was even better. But, uh, it's in Austri- Austria, and so there's no demand for it, so it just doesn't matter. And it's all about, like, you know, this convo about, like, you know, supply and demand and how it's influenced by the media we consume, and, and this way and that, you know. Um, and then, of course, we, uh, get him... Revealing he is definitely, definitely the bad guy for just how shitty he treats uh, Melanie. Oh yeah, no, he's 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 
terrible to her, just like from drunk, just like like the phone rings, and <laughs> he just kind of looks at her. And even I was watching it. She she stares right back at him. For it's like a good, it's a good like so, strong four rings, and just like yeah, <laughs> like 15 seconds or so where they're just like looking at each other, and he's like, "You gonna get that?" And she's like, "You know it's for you." And he's like, and he just goes like, "Girl, don't make me put my foot in your ass." And it's like, Jesus. Christ. <laughs> like, what? like, bro, what the fuck? It's, it's what? Three feet behind you? Like, yeah. Now, and the crazy thing about it is, you know, you know, this is all part of just like his fucking power play, right? Because it's like, yeah, you know, she goes over and just goes like, uh, uh, hi. Oh, it's for you. Like, she just immediately goes, but then there's also that thing where it's like, okay, but if he's such this type of guy, why the fuck is she so like, belligerent back to him right like what is going on you know when you open the movie you're just trying to figure out what is their relationship yeah and, you know there's there, it's clearly uh heavily well not heavily but pretty antagonistic she just kind of seems there uh, no he seems there because it's her place like he's yeah, just yeah as, you, there. as the movie unfolds yeah he just likes hanging at her place especially but it is actually her place and but she doesn't, uh, you see her, she's just kind of like, basically, whenever you see her, she's just getting high and watching TV. And yeah. and she has a convo with uh, Robert De Niro's character, Lewis, I think at one point, which I, it, kind of in a subtle way kind of implies, like, oh, I guess she's a sex worker. This must be how she, you know, is just making this money and living comfortably like that. In a way that doesn't actually feel really judgy, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of feels like... Yeah, it's sur- like, oh, surprisingly, because okay, like, you know? the, the way they were handling their interactions, I thought... I guess I was implying it was going to narratively go to a place where it almost did and then just didn't. Um, yeah, it, like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, he's her pimp. But, like, oh, no, he's not. No, he's... he just <laughs> pops up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just, like, you know, verbally abuses her. She listens. And then she gets high. Like, it's almost like she has a has a indifference. So, it's like, it's not really showing her in a positive or a negative light. She's just kind of. Yeah. accessory oh yeah and that's what it was where it's like because later on in the conversation he just goes like you know yeah, she's annoying and you know she she's she ain't as pretty as she used to be and she bitches a lot more than she used to but she's a white surfer chick and that's why i'm with her and it's like that's sort of like ooh, that that's kind of like keying into some some uh, you know uh racial undertones there right of like the, the right. she's my status symbol because she's white you know what i mean like I mean, when you look the way that Ordell was looking in this movie, I'm I'm sure he's doing all he could. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I, I, it's like it felt like a you know again for like for a movie that almost like especially... a maybe she's like a white shield almost like like he looks more inconspicuous mm. because he's with this young twenty something weed smoking white surfer chick. Right, who's always in a bikini. <laughs> always, always the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then okay, so uh, after after that initial scene, I believe what happens next is uh, uh, oh yeah, because that he get he gets the call from uh, Beaumont played by Chris Tucker. Oh my and, god, <laughs> boy! It was Chris Tucker a a, a a role that I wish would have been a lot more in this movie. Like, I, god damn yeah. it, because <laughs> like, you only get like a one fucking full minute, and then he's just gone. Yeah, and and just. When I saw his name in the credits, like I knew, I knew Pam Greer, I knew Sam Jackson was in it. Those were like the the key ones that I knew. But then, like when I watched the opening credits, I'm like, what the Robert? De-? I, I kept going, I'm like, what the hell? It's like Robert De Niro, uh, Chris Tucker. Um, we'll get to Michael Keaton in a second. Tiny Lister yes, in here. Yes, fucking Batman. Um, there's a <laughs> Tiny there's, Lister. Oh my god. There's a small one that you'll only notice if you catch it in the credits. 
Um, do you remember Ooh. that so Raven? Uh, uh, yeah, of course. The Disney show. So the mom plays one of Ordell's girlfriends. Oh, because I saw wait. her name in the credits. So I'm like, that's the only Takia I've seen in Hollywood. Takia Crystal. Is it? Which one? Which one? Um, I think the one who's. It's either the one that shows up at the mall later, or the one whose house he's at later on. Is one of them. Oh, the the younger girl, the 19 year old chick. I think so. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, the one who's like really shy when she meets Jackie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and, but not and, to, and yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just gonna. Uh, I just thought there was like a bit something interesting, like the fact of Tiny Lister's character. Like he's not used very <clears throat> much in the movie, no. but it is just interesting to see him just be a normal guy instead of like you know. Like, yeah. how he's always typecast as, like, the Devo, you know, overly, you know, uh, overly uh, a- antagonistic black dude. You know, like, here, he's just a guy working a job. Like So, like, yeah. in that respect, I kind of, like, I like that he's just that. But at the same time, then it's just like, but why didn't you use it more, goddamn it? <laughs> and, that, and that can be said about, like, a, a same thing with, um. so going back to Beaumont and, and Tucker's performance. Because I, I think Chris Tucker is good for the five minutes that he's in the movie. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> like, you know, they, what is it? Beaumont um, is getting ready to go go to jail for <clears throat> upwards of ten years. And, and, yeah, um, for, kinda... for possession of a firearm. And, and there was some previous uh, three years ago mm-hmm. uh, case where he had got caught with, like, a machine gun or something like that. And so, like, he's seeing, he's kind of shook a little bit, and they're like, oh, man, they're going to throw the book at me because of that previous charge, basically. Yeah, and, and, you know, so Ordell saddles up and goes to pay him a visit. And this is is an on-screen interaction that I actually didn't know I needed acting-wise. I never thought. Chris Tucker and Samuel Jackson, yeah. (laughs) You never think about it, but two of the loudest (laughs) black actors in Hollywood, I don't think have done a film beyond this, like, together. yeah. And and sadly, they only get like in a minute and a half. <laughs> and it's a, it's but, a it's a it's a good scene just because like like <clears throat> they they both are kind of typecast into characters that they end up you know doing a lot in their filmography. But sure. because of that, it actually weirdly lends a lot of strength to this scene and like the way it's lit. You're right, and everything too with um you know the the way the like lighting and shadows you know it illuminates them, but it's clearly dark, and um. Mm. The way that Ordell reinforces a sense of comfort to Beaumont that he's going to get him out of the situation. Yeah. Okay. And so, and and at first I didn't get what was happening like at the beginning, but then when I watched it the second time, like I had a much more appreciation for, for the way the scene played out. Cause the idea is that like, Oh, you know, he was in jail. Uh, he got, he, you know, uh, uh, Ordell gets him out on $10,000 bail by going to Max Cherry who ends up being, you know, important uh, as as the film goes on, right. the bail bondsman, and uh, he's like, all right, you know, I'm gonna use this tenth out to get to get my boy out, and then when he gets him out, it's kind of like, oh hey, you know, I'm your boy, hey, I helped you out. And he's like, oh man, cool, yeah, you want to come through? Like, let's smoke, man, let's celebrate, Dad. And he's like, no, no, I can't. And then just the, the fucking weaselly way he like switches the combo to be like, hey man, you know, I hate to be a nigga to help a nigga out and then ask for a favor, but uh, I kind of need you to help me out with this other thing. And then he's like. Oh man, no, no, man, I can't do that. It's like, not hey, now, nigga, I helped you out, so you gonna do this? It's like so that, like, oh, I hate to do this, I hate to, but this is what I was gonna do the whole time, so you better go along with it. It's just like, oh, like, I love the way it establishes his character and the weaselly way he fucking talks to people. You know what I mean? How he and he and he does it. He he does a lot. Did he put the gloves on before he went to see Beaumont or after? 
Uh, when he was in the car. No, he put <laughs> he put the gloves on when he's in the car. So yeah, how it plays out is he's yeah. a, uh, he's you know tells him, hey, come over to the car. You know, let me show you some of these. Uh, let me show you some of these sawed-off shotguns. I'm about to sell these to some Koreans uptown. But um, you know, uh, uh, I, I want to have a little bit of backup. So just hold this gun. Is, yeah, just hold this gun and just jump hold into it, the trunk of the car. Are you kidding me? Jump into the the, the trunk of a car, and even oh, Beaumont's I'm, I'm, like is like, nah, this seemed kind of suspicious. I don't want to do it. And he's yeah. like, no, no, trust me, nothing bad will happen to you. Like it, yeah. it takes him a lot of convincing to get him in the trunk, <laughs> which I'm like, which I mean, it would because that's insane. <laughs> like I just got out of jail, and you want me to jump into a trunk? <laughs> like he's like, no, what? Man, trust me, I got you. Here, take this gun. And just, I just need you to scare him. So it was like, <laughs> yeah. And now, I with how it coming. plays, I felt so ignorant when. <laughs> right now, with how it plays out, it's one of those things where it's, it's just sad like too. this is, yeah, it's a cool moment in how it plays out, but it does kind of make me think like, wait, but why do it like that? Like why? <laughs> You know, like, in the moment, it's like, a, oh, wow, it surprises you, because what happens is, you know, he, he throws him in the trunk, and in a one-shot take, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, what, yeah, this is where he puts on the gloves and starts playing Strawberry Letter tw- Number 23, but <laughs> for some reason. Um, so, yeah, th- this really sweet sound in 70s song starts playing as it, you know, puts on the gloves, and he drives over. Two corners. And, uh, he, yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> he drives, drives over. Two corners. He makes a yeah, left. Yeah, he drives then another left and pulls it. Yeah. And then, uh, it you know, opens up, opens the trunk. And Chris Tucker's like in the middle of a city. He's like, hey, the nigga, and pops two in his face. Yep. And it's like, and holy like, shit. And I, I had to rewind it. I'm like, wait, that shit didn't just happen, did it? He was just right. He, was like, he just oh, got no way. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just how he's just gone for the rest of the movie. Is that how this is happening? <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, yep. and the next scene. <laughs> yep, <he's laughs> like, you know, again, again, it's like, it's a bold move. It's definitely, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, wait. But why would you do that? Why would you... Why not just... Like, you put him in the trunk of your car to kill him? Like, why... And why go through all that? Like, it was not going to be likely that Chris Tucker was going to agree to jump into a trunk to fuck with some Koreans. You know what I mean? Like... Well, how, that wasn't a foolproof plan, you know? <laughs> it, it was, which it wasn't. It was either he you somehow talked him in, you talked no jutsu to him into that trunk, or you had a fight right. with his, or he, he did what he was about to try to do to Jackie later on. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so is the next part Jackie getting busted by freaking Batman <laughs> at the airport? Right? Oh my god. Uh, it, it yeah, bewildered yeah, uh, me that Michael Keaton was in this movie. I don't know why. It just felt doing his Michael Keatonisms, you know, right. with his tics and whatnot. You're just like, wait, that's what? That, is Batman in this book? Yeah. <laughs> Foxy Brown, Batman, Nick Fury. Just, just, yeah. It's like weird watching this in retrospect, knowing where all of these actors career. Fucking Bridget Fonda is Melanie. I'm just like, and then it cut. No, yeah, this is how we see uh, Robert De Niro later on. He it cuts to this middle aged woman performing Motown songs for Robert De Niro. Which what I think is the, that about? I think the note I wrote down. I'm like, well, Robert De Niro does have a thing for black girls. So this oh is, yeah, and this see, is see, out see, of the ordinary. He's <laughs> just a little see, specific. That, and that's what I'm thinking. It's like this is like you know you got to know the inside baseball because you know you see uh, the Melanie character's feet a bunch of times at the beginning of the movie. So Bruh, you know, we're covering all shit. the fetishes of the <laughs> when that's when Melanie's. 
big white ass toes came on the screen. I was just like, come on, Quinn. I, I sent a I sent a, a Snapchat to my boy. I'm like, thanks, Quentin. This is what I needed in the first 30 minutes yeah. of the movie. And he's like, oh, Quentin. Our Quentin, that foot fetishist. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's quite indulgent in this movie. But yeah, but like outside of knowing that about Robert De Niro, it's just kind of like, why is this middle-aged woman singing songs for wasn't Robert she, De Niro? Like, yeah, wasn't she doing like the Supremes? Or, or was yeah, that like, one that she's done on? before? <laughs> that was like a yeah, routine. Like, see, originally I was thinking, is she supposed to be one of the Supremes in this movie? And it's like, oh, dang, I got a, you know, Supreme giving me a personal show and then maybe, you know, going to hook me up in a minute. But no, she's just... A, a woman that does this, yeah. I mean, and yeah. I, it's like, is that is is one of those times where you're like, is, is this your fetish? Because I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah, like is he just like he's just gonna watch her sing some tunes and then jack off afterwards? Like, what is going on here? Like, love, love me a, a black woman who does show tunes. Do the whiz <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, uh, yeah, I just wrote down like, who pays for this? Right. This is a very specific request. It's like, wait, did you pay a sex worker to? To dress up and do dream girls for you, because yeah, like, I mean, and, and she can't just hey, be a young woman. No, she has to be. She has to look like she was from the seventies and is right. now in the nineties. She has to look like that. She like. has to look like she performed Dream Girls when it first yeah. came out. <laughs> exactly, it's like that is oddly specific. But all right, yeah, um, is one of the young girls? Nah, I want a seasoned vet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to feel like she she just got screwed over by a you know a by, Gordon, by Empire you know, Records out of, some, out of some out of some residuals. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> does she know Cadillac Blues? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, now then it go it goes over to him meeting back up with uh, Ordell, you know, mm-hmm. and him kind of going like, because yeah, he he calls him out. He's like, hey, I'm hanging out in front of your pad right now. You know, I gotta show you something. And he, you know, pops open the trunk and goes like, yeah, this motherfucker is dead because I felt that he was going to snitch on, on my ass. And so I fucking took care of his ass. Yep. So uh, just know if you're fucking with me, I am dead goddamn serious. <laughs> and, yeah, um, and, and De Niro just acting relatively unsurprised. It's like, well, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, it's just like in that way where it's just like, oh, uh, uh, all right. Like all he right. looks around real quick to be like, it's, it, no one's watching us doing this, but okay, I guess this is the way things are. He's a very incredulous person. Like he's just like, I guess I'm going along with what this is. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's very shrugs, shoulders upward. Just very all right. <laughs> Whatever yeah, says yeah. goes. He he's easy. <laughs> yeah, it's but a, um, it's a yeah, way. and yeah. So how how it shakes out is that is like you know he was using that money to bail him out. But he was like, but I know he's the type of person he, he he's got a uh, uh, he's got snitching proclivities, and so I'm gonna take care of him because it, if it comes down to him or me, it's damn sure ain't gonna be me. Yeah, that, that's when we cut to the scene again with the very on the nose music of like mm-hmm. you know uh, the 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 policemen or, or no ATF agents weren't they? They're yeah, uh, yeah, yeah ba- Batman and and the other dude. They're they're rooting through her stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, uh, mm, $10,000. Oh, that's a lot of money for, you know, a stewardess on a shitty airline to be having. Kind of interesting. And then they look in the folder that happens to be right there. And he's just like, oh, oh, what's this? This white powdery bag. And then it smash cuts to her walking into a prison. And you just hear the song, 99 years is a mighty long time. 99 years is a mighty long time. like, okay, I get it. She's going to jail. like subtle Quentin. Very subtle yeah. is, a, is a damn raid siren. Like yeah. now, again, on a certain level, it's just like uh, like this is his call back to like this, this is what '70s movies did, right? They're they're like, oh Shaft, I know you got to run a long way whenever there's like a you know running scene happening. You know right. what I mean? Like cut to Shaft running. 
Yeah. It's like, it's like no, no, we, we, we got it. No, we, we got, yeah. we, we're in on it too, but yeah, no, just the, them, them finding the, uh, the Kogan, the investigation, which for a, for a moment there, I thought it was planted till I realized he pulled it out of the bag and I was like, damn, yeah, yeah they got her ass. Um, and I will say <laughs> between Jackie going to jail, Jackie going on trial and then Ordell, uh, discussing the, the circumstances with Max Cherry. He makes actually a good point, which I noticed, where they got her on possession with um, intent to distribute. And I'm like, now you know. Yeah. Good. It's like, you don't have any proof of that. And it's like, but because she's a black woman in the system. <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, so, I'm like, like even, that point, you know. Because, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, that was just a baggie. You're not just going to, you're not planning on selling just one baggie of cocaine. Like, yeah. yeah. You, you don't come back to America with two ounces with intent to, di- with two ounces and then, what, 50 grand with intent yeah. to distribute? <laughs> come on now. Come on, son. That don't sound right to me. I ain't never done coke, but something don't smell right here. <laughs> yeah. But um, what it turns out was that, uh, like Melanie was supposed to do a drop and who was it? Mr. Walker or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, gave that, that was intended to be for her as like uh, a, a, you know, a little off the top just to, you know, be like, Hey, thanks for helping out. Yeah. So that's what that was supposed to be. But I guess you didn't see it. And it ended up being in her possession instead. Um, and I actually thought it was kind of clever how like, you know, Ordell kind of played it where he was just like, hey, how about you push the money that I gave uh, to you, Max Cherry, the bail bondsman, over to uh, over to uh, uh, Jackie Brown's case because, hey, Beaumont's dead. And yep. oh, my hands are clean because, well, I, I was trying to give him money to get him out. So why would I be the guy that would have killed him? You know, like, so there's a, that kind of like uh, deniability that he kind of, you know, yeah, no, playing it's, it's on, some real know? slick shit. And, and that's something that I, I thought was smart. Just like, hey, you know, I I. I, why would I incriminate myself if I was about to get him out? Why don't you just slide that over right. to Jackie? Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Oh, and this is where I made the point because I think at this specific point where uh, she where she gets bailed out uh, by Max, and it's like the movie very much like closes in on people's faces a lot, and it, and that's where I specifically was thinking about like, man, there's a lot of lines in people's faces in this movie, you know, like mm-hmm. and and how it's like about like. You know, looking at the lines and textures and in the age in their faces, you know, and you know, uh, let let's not get it twisted. Like Pam Greer is like still fine as hell. Uh, in this Bro, movie. I was just about to mention. I'm like, maybe I should save it. <laughs> yes, she's a stone cold. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, whole quarter, even today, holy you know, god, seventy <laughs> two year old Pam Greer, still something there. She looked like a uh, yeah. <laughs> I, when I was watching a movie, uh, an idea came across my mind. I'm like, yo. If we ever do a Pam Greer biopic, hear me out now. I know it's going to sound a little crazy. Meg the Stallion is Pam Greer. Hear me out. Oh, it's the- <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> I-, I thought you were just about to say, just get Pam Greer to play. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could. I would not have. It's, yeah. like, it's like, damn, she's a little slower than she used to be, but she still looked good. <laughs> yeah, and-, and I remember having that moment when I did first see it where I was just like, wait, like watching, uh, like when I was like 15, 16 and watching, um, uh, the movie, and you know, when you're a kid, you're just like everything that happened before I was alive is just old, right? But you're like watching this movie, just like, wait, isn't this supposed to be the '90s and '70s? Why does she still look like she just came out of those '70s movies? Like, like yeah. it's not even like it looks like it might still be the early '80s. You know what I mean? Like she's not that old, and yet, like, wait, 
how many movies that she's been in? Oh yeah, because Hollywood fucking sucks. <laughs> like you know, yeah. they're like, oh, we can't use you for the black exploitation movies. Oh, I guess we can't use you at all. But it's like she clearly has so much talent and and just like oh, charm to her. She's acting her whole. I mean, everybody does um, very yeah. well in the movie. But I was like taken aback at how good Pam Greer was. Kind of swapping. Yeah, you're like, wait, why haven't I seen her in more movies? Haven't I seen her in movies? Like, damn. Like, right. I'm like, I'm like, why haven't I seen Pam Greer in more? Because like, she's legitimately really good in terms of selling what she needs to. That what I think really works, um, especially for me as a first time viewer of this, is I never know when I never know when she's being authentic. Right, right. She she plays it very close to the vest as she, to... She does. It, it's, yeah, w- which is important to the character, for sure. Right, so it's just like, w- watching, you know, Pam Greer's acting as Jackie Brown in this movie, like, I I have to believe everything because everybody else believes her. No one really knows what's mm. going on with her yeah. up until the end, and that really works in terms of performance. Like, there are times when she's really, really sweet. There are times when she's cussing a motherfucker out there are times when she's acting coy when she's acting shy but she's thinking yeah, that the, she's the smartest character in the whole movie because she out yeah yeah both ordell and their relationship and the police and the feds mm-hmm. and like yeah she'll like be plotting with ordell and just be like oh yeah the police now uh, know about you and they actually knew about you the whole time and so when they found out about that i just kind of used that to my advantage to be like okay but what they really want is you, you uh, like Proof of you selling guns. So we technically don't need to do blah, blah, blah. We don't need to stress out about this yet because we're, we're still mice in the race trying to get to the finish line. You know what yep. I mean? So it's like, <clears throat> you know, there's still pieces on the board that can be moved. So we don't need to worry yet. But like in that scene when she reveals that, like Samuel L. Jackson, like, he's like, oh, what? What the fuck? But she's like, calm yeah. down. There's still, you know, pieces on the board to be moved. Like, so let's keep working. And it's yeah, so well, crazy how she, yeah, works that. And like there's one ang- uh, scene specifically where she like, you see her slowly starting to get into a tizzy, and it's and you're kind of like in that function where you're like, wait, is she actually scared of what's happening, or is she, or is she just working up the nerve to like mess with her? Remember when she's in the mall and she's like, oh, yeah. Ray, Ray, wherever you are, come out. I, you know, the thing went down, and blah 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 blah. And I was like, wait, but that's not how it went down. Was it? Oh, she like you had that slow reveal moment. Where yeah. You're like. Oh, she's playing there. Like, but damn, I believe that she was flustered. What the fuck? And yeah, because what happened? Because like, like when you're, you're seeing her like exit the mall, she seems like she's in a rush. She seems like she's legitimately. I'm like, well, what the fuck is going on? What are we rushing for? Is there a time schedule? And so she, yeah, no, she she fucking kills it in this. I'm honestly, if she didn't get nominated for the Oscar that year, that's a fucking stuff. You know she didn't. You know I, she I know didn't. she didn't. But man, that's a. That is a snub right there, because like, just I, I was with her the whole time, the whole yeah. shit, and and uh, oh yeah, uh, <clears throat> Ordell ends up being actually proven right about uh, Beaumont's uh, aforementioned snitching proclivities because he was apparently the one that tipped off the cops about Pam Greer. Uh, Pam Greer's character, mm-hmm. uh, which is why those ATF cops were there, like right as soon as she got off the plane, because she was talking to Ordell about, like, wait a minute, no, they just knew, they knew exactly where to go. They meet my, met me exactly here. Like, that's a little too suspicious. You know what I mean? What's wild um, when you think about it too is that had Beaumont had Beaumont not done that one thing, Jackie would not have. They, it would not have put any of the wheels in motion to go the way they did in favor of Jackie. 
Yeah, yeah. But as uh, she kind of lays out when she's talking to Max Cherry, she says like, mm. you know, I'm I'm a you know I'm this older woman. I'm in my forties. Like I've had to start over so many damn times, and I can't do this again. And she kind of like as she's talking to Max, she's like, look, man, like I'm more afraid of having to start over than I am afraid of Ordell, even though this guy's obviously a stone cold killer. So fuck right. it, let's put some plans in motion. You yeah. know, um, and oh my god, the scene. <clears throat> yeah, the scene where Sam, uh, 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 so Max drops Jackie off, and you see Sam basically gearing up to do the same thing, because he rolls up, he kind of puts on his gloves that you saw him put on before, and, uh, he knocks on the door, and oh my god, I, I just love the, uh, the, uh, the blocking for this scene, where mm-hmm. she opens the door, and you see Sam Jackson, like, half in shadow, and half hanging out, uh, of the shadow, with, like, the most devilish grin on his face, he's like, Oh, yeah. Hey Jackie, mind if I come in for a minute? I was just like looking this like the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, like he looked like he coming up out the shadows, looking like a villain, <laughs> asking for asking for a damn screwdriver. <laughs> Talking yeah. about some, you got some juice, you got some liquor. Can I brother get a screwdriver? <laughs> looking like a damn demon. Right, um, cutting off all the lamps in her shit. Yeah, okay. So I'm like, nigga, you don't live was, here. That's what I was thinking about. Like, wait. I was thinking, was that a movie moment or did he? Because it was so subtle, like I didn't notice his hand move or anything like that. I saw, like, I saw his hand move. I think on the on two of them. Okay, so see, you, I you didn't see, notice that. It felt su- like it was just like a dramatic. Though. Yeah, it felt like it was a dramatic, you know, uh, noir movie sort of thing, where it's just like, oh, now they're in silhouette, you know. Um, oh no, he's yeah, covering up so, the darkness so he can put his hands on his throat. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, and so he he walks over. He's like, "Hey, you know, you, you didn't talk to him, did you? Didn't, you didn't tell him nothing that uh, you know, uh, tell him anything about me." And uh, and up to this point, she actually hadn't, right? Right. And so, like, you you hear this gun click, and I thought it was him clicking a gun for I a did second because he goes, "Yeah," because he goes like, "Oh, now what's that?" And and I was thinking like, "Why are you playing coy? Like, motherfucker, you got?" And but it's like, no, his hands were up to her throat, like up to her yep. chin, but kind of like clearly going for something. And yeah. she goes like, and, and he goes like. Oh, what's that? And it's like, uh, what do you think it is? It feels like a gun that's pressed up against my dick. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Because what I thought it was initially leading to, I'm like, is Sam Jackson about to fuck Pam Greer? Quentin. Yeah. <laughs> what was the plan? I was like, oh. <laughs> Get these fucking lights on. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. I got some and, questions. And- <laughs> so so she pushes him up against the window, you know, takes takes his gun. She's like, yeah, it's like, hey, wh- wh- you know, why are you tripping? It's like, motherfucker, you know why I'm tripping. You was about to do some shit and quit acting like you weren't, you know. Um, but it was also the thing where it's just like, yeah, you know, for someone who is like supposed to be this stoical killer, there is that kind of feeling where it's like, yeah, why doesn't he just, like, why couldn't he just roll him just shot her in the face if that's really how it is, right? Like, what the fuck is this guy, like, how, how is this guy working as a person? But I really do think, like, Melanie says it at the beginning, I think. She says, like, he's actually not that smart. He is kind of, like, an emotionally driven person who's right. a bit of a dumbass. Like, she, like, she literally says at one point, like, he, he's, you know, he, he talks as he reads. Like, what do you think that means? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Like, he's got to read shit out. (laughs) She did say that shit. I'm like, damn, that's mean. Yeah, that's cold blooded. (laughs) Even if it's true, it's like, like, hey, that's not nice. I'm like, that. Why do you say the truth so loud? Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, after she, you know, shoes him out, I think she keeps his gun because, like, yeah, fuck no. Yeah. Uh, she, she, that's when she has the monologue with uh, Max Cherry about not being able to start over and saying, like, you know, her fear of not being able 
to start over. It's scarier than dealing with Odell, so fuck it, let's go, you know. And and th- that's when you kind of get that uh the the sort of notion where it's like, oh, she's gonna work with Batman. I'm sorry, I just gotta say it. She's gonna work with no, Batman. he's Batman. <laughs> I mean, he wears black leather. The whole he's Batman. <laughs> exactly. They knew what they was doing. Uh, yeah, and and to work them to play each other off of play each other off of each other so she can get out herself because yeah they make it clear it's like oh we just want proof of the guns if you're just moving money around that's not necessarily proving anything yet but we're trying to work with you to see what we can do you know to, to get him to, to to show his hand but mm. yeah like i said she's telling him about that you know that they're doing that and so it's like so now she's plotting and scheming with him to try to like keep things going but then i just kind of get lost where it's just like wait but then the money is but then it's, there's not enough money but it, but anyway, look, I tried to write as many notes as I can to be like, okay, let me see where the fuck is happening here. Um, but not before uh, we have some quite unceremonious sex with uh, uh, Lewis and um, uh, Melanie's character. Oh, yeah, over a sink. <laughs> that whole, what, five minutes? Less than that, two yeah. minutes? Cause it, yeah, she was just like, oh, she goes like, that was she, fun. That was cool. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, damn. That's... I don't know if that's it's, the reaction. It's not even exactly sexy. Right. Yeah, like, it's not even a sexy scene. Like, yeah. No, he... He, he fucks her over a sink, and then we get the end bit, which, you know, I guess I can give, what, I can kind of give Quentin some credit here. He's a lot more tame with his sex and violence in this movie than he is in other projects. Yeah, definitely. Like, blood isn't super, like, death scenes aren't super bloody. Um, sex scenes aren't super gratuitous. We've seen more of Melanie's feet than her lower half in yeah. that scene. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like that's the most we've um, seen of her below the belt, and it's just like, yeah, it's, yeah. You but, maybe see her butt when she walks off, yeah, but it's actually yeah. relatively tasteful. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but, is, yeah, I was, I was just like, huh. Uh, I mean, I, and, I thought it was yeah. setting up a romance, but that wasn't really the case. It was just no, and you're more sex. left to stew in the yeah, you're more left to stew in the uncomfortableness of the that moment that they're having, where it's just like this is just kind of passionless, and this is something that like she just brings it up randomly, just like, oh yeah, I'm telling you about this guy I hung out with in Japan and this guy that. You so you want to fuck? And he's like, he's like, yes. Uh, <laughs> she she, she offered it to him like way. a plate of like a bowl of applesauce. Like you want some, you want some pussy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can go for some sex. That's cool. <laughs> Ten um, minutes later, oh, that was easy. That was cool. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's high five. Blood, but, <laughs> actually, doesn't it afterwards he says, ah, right, we can get a beer and catch up. <laughs> <laughs> she made his draws up. He's like, all right. Anyways, what were we talking about? You got that ball yeah, what were we talking you? About? <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, and it's like, okay, and, and this is where I wrote, uh, oh yeah, like, so, <clears throat> like, yeah, I was like, I, I, it doesn't feel like there's any real shame on her as, like, someone being a sex worker, other than the shitty way that Ordell uh, treats her and how he socializes Robert De Niro's character to kind of treat her as the movie goes on. You know, he's right. just like, oh, you know, if she's talking too much, just hit her and she'll do what she's supposed to. And it's like, holy fuck, like, the way he just does that, says that so casually. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, and Doug yeah. kind of say, he's like, just hit the bitch. And I'm like, whoa. He's like, Jesus. Which is wild, because, like, watching the movie, just because of how shitty Ordell is as a character, there are a couple times where you can kind of predict the dialogue. And so, like, earlier when the phone rings, my first thought is, bitch, you're not going to get the phone? And then later it's like... Right. Just, and I'm just like, this is sad that I that I know where that's going, totally, because that's not, that's not <laughs> right. a positive indication of Ordell's character. Yeah, but, no. I mean, he's supposed to be the dick, so... Yeah, exactly. He is supposed to be the, the evilest evil that ever eviled. 
Um, and I mean, just like a selfish guy who doesn't give a shit. He's just about getting his money, right? Like that's the whole point. Like, hey, this is the shit that makes money, and boom, let's do what we got to do to get this money. I don't care who I got to go through or who I how I got to do this. It, it, like me get my money is the point, you know. But he's cool with Jackie because apparently, like they've been friends for a while, so it's like, oh, so you know, she's less likely to screw me over, yep. and that's why she's he he's cool with it when she tells him that like, oh, so you told you well. He says, like, wait, you told her about me? He's like, no, they already knew about you. So this is how we're going to work, <laughs> you know? But then Jackie tells Ordell about the deal that she wants. And, yeah, I, look, I tried to keep up, but I was just kind of confused as to how this plan was supposed to shake out. Yeah, she's, like, she's okay. surprisingly honest with both Ordell and the cops. And it's some, uh, I don't know. Right. How, you, see, this is a testament to how fine Pam Greer is and how good of an actor she is. Because everybody just mm. rolls with it. You know, she she's like, all right, we're going <laughs> right. to X, Y, Z. And they know uh, ABC about you. And they're like, what? Oh, shit. It's like, now listen, trust me. And you just trust her because it's Pam Greer. Yeah. You're like, well, she wouldn't leave me astray. Yeah, she she's not going to set me up. Nothing nefarious is afoot here. Nothing. You, yeah. Pam Greer would never lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so they're delivering money to one person. Uh, to But they have the two women to whom the other money goes to because the ATF want to catch Ordell with the guns, so they're allowing the money's switching hands to happen yes but then the money oh uh, uh, so maybe my co-host can uh explain <laughs> how this next plot point <laughs> shakes so out. the i think the way I, um i thought the way i followed it is they initially set up like a practice thing with the 10 grand and yeah to, right with the first girl and then, but the money actually did change hands, though, right? So was yeah. that just like? And I, I think that I, I guess they were doing that as a. Um, it, I think like if a business I'm following as it usual sort of thing. Yeah, a business as usual to to I get I guess get Ordell to confirm the trust, so then she could go mm. out of the country, get the half mill, and um. Initially, I guess essentially the deal would go down with someone else, and she would let the police believe it went down as it was supposed to go down. But Ordell would know oh. who it really went to. But oh, and so that's why in the scene, yeah, she puts on that act because she's saying like, "Oh no, I was expecting it to go this way," but then the that Melanie, you know, chick came in and she just kind of like rushed and took the money, and yeah. I was still naked because I was trying to switch into the clothes, so I didn't have time. Yeah, and that that was the lie. Yes, yeah, that was, that was the lie. lie. And like I said, she sells it so well, you kind of like miss what the lie is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, oh no, this girl Melanie, she took all the money, and then and then next, and weirdly enough, it winds up working itself out because yeah, because okay, so yeah, what happens is this is now, where we get into uh, the, the Jackie, uh, editing part of things, right? Because Jackie was actually playing it kind of cool by going like, hey, I actually, uh, when, when they do the delivery, mm -hmm. she says, hey, Melanie, I actually snuck you an extra, like, couple thou, yep. you know, for, for yourself. And uh, she goes like, oh, wow, you know, thanks. Uh, you know, it's just like, yeah, fuck Ordell, you know, we got to look out for each other. It's like, yeah, for sure. And then um, he go, he she goes back to uh, Lewis, mm -hmm. who is just, like, manhandling her in the worst fucking way. Like, I don't know oh, what on, was going go Lewis was her. nervous about a bitch this whole sequence. All of a sudden. Yeah, it was like, you you the most conspicuous-looking motherfucker. Right, he, he grabbing her by the wrist and everything. He just gets really aggressive and nervous 
my only assumption is because he's in on Ordell's plan, but but doesn't want to get caught up again. Because then that's probably another ten years in prison on your ass. Yeah, but again, like in an interesting way, you know, I feel like in a lot of movies. Like, they play criminals as if they're these masterminds, right? But I feel like this movie plays it realistic, where it's just like, no, it's just people just trying to, you know, uh, sneak by on this thing and this thing that they that they found out about and seeing if they can get away with it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, these criminals are more lucky than dumb. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and so, so yeah, but what Melanie says to, says to um, Lewis is that, like, hey, how about we get the money together and then we can fuck off, you know, like, why not? Let's do that. But then Lewis tells Ordell about it, and she's like, oh, man, she's trying to screw you, screw me over? Ah, yeah, I should have known that. You know, you can always trust Melanie to be Melanie. But then it's like, Lewis is like, wait, I don't I don't understand. Why Why are you cool with this? It's like, is she your, like, even he doesn't know. He's like, she's your girlfriend, right? Or or, or friend? Or, or, or hoe? Or how's this working? She's, she's like, there. No, she's just somewhat, yeah, she's just there. And it's like, all right, what? Like, like I said, like, it feels like there's supposed to be a master plan. It's like, no, I don't think there really is. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I just already knew this person. So I guess I'm going to use her for this, you know? Um, and yeah. And, uh, what's it? Uh, so, okay. And, and now the, the thing that where it was just slightly too convoluted, where it was like Max Terry just happened to be coming out of a movie theater in the biggest mall in America, according right. to the, the, uh, subtitles in this movie and happened to see Pam Greer, like just in the food court randomly, and she's like, "Oh hey, how you doing? Yeah, hey and Max." Samuel Jackson happens yelling across the bitch. Yeah. But what what got me yeah. watching this is I'm like, there was a time in life where we really used to do this shit. Yeah, Mall, <laughs> I'm like, man, the before times were different, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, man, malls were just a part of life. Like, you almost forget, <laughs> you know? I, like I, that I was... really did. I'm sitting here. I'm like, look at them, just. Touching each other in the face. Like, just being in a mall. Walking around, <laughs> maskless. Just like, th- right, fucking like, 100 people. Go over here. Just 100 people chilling in a food court, standing next to each other. I'm like, ugh. Uh, it's science fiction now. Right. I'm like, what <laughs> world is this? Um, but yeah, so he has to get out. She calls him over. Samuel Jackson sees it. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Yep. What, what is this shit? Um... She yeah she meets with Batman for the trial run of their deal, um, oh yeah and then Max Terry sees her again at the mall but I think they planned that second time because yeah. yeah that's how they do it they do this weird thing where it's like oh and he's there this time but then they're like smash cut back to oh and and they had a conversation on the phone about how they were gonna do this and it was like oh 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 okay I guess I. Like, it feels like one of those things, like, did you ret- retroactively add that in to make the scene make sense? <laughs> he retconned <laughs> his own movie in the middle of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it flashes back to an earlier time when they had the convo about the deal going down. So, like, the, him happening to be there the second time is not, he's not just happening to be there. He actually is planning on it this time, but not the first time. He just happened to get out of a movie that time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, yeah. As I wrote it down, I was like, "But he, well, wait." Then a third woman was there that took the money. But the first person who was there didn't take the the nineteen year old chick didn't take the money. It was the older woman who took the money. But Max Terry knew that it was the woman. In, oh God, I've gone cross eyed. Like, <laughs> so they put the fifty k on top. But there's more money underneath, with the assumption that the cops won't check the rest of the money because they right. are trusting Jackie Brown to only be moving the fifty k that's on top. Yes. 
And she broke that plan down to Max uh, to sort of help him get that. Oh, and that's why I remember because she was wearing those cute overalls. And I was like, holy shit, she's rocking the shit out of that. Like, you know, oh, yeah. it's one of those things like, you know, the overall look is usually, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the whatever, like young college chick doing a cute. But like, she rocks that shit. I was like, hey, that's oh, yeah, no, all, like, it looks like you're about to go to a photo shoot right now. Like all, all of her fits <laughs> in the movie look really good. Yeah, and just the fact that she has, like, like the scene where she gets out of jail and she's, she's supposed to be looking ratty with her hair, like, it still looks great. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, like how you know? are you fine coming out of prison? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, she. I think she never really fully gets her hair done up, but she always looks great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, imagine Day is like, damn, this is when you don't try, this is you coming out of the system? Oh, shit. Right, right. <laughs> this is like, scary. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Jackie, after the exchange, puts money in another bag where Max is going to get it because uh, she she uh, puts the money in the other bag and goes like, oh, hey, somebody left, a, I think, like a beach They're, towel yeah. in a bag somewhere. And then Max goes like, oh, hey, my wife left a, a bag a of, with beach, beach towel towels in there. In there. And right, right. Whew, okay, yeah, this this part has a lot of moving parts. Um, now that I like think about it, and, and I'm also like looking at the Wikipedia, which has helped bringing it down. So it's like it's <laughs> it's not so much the the plan the day of that's tripping me up. It's like the plan that leads into it because it's 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 yeah, two be- parts. Because there's the part with the ten grand, and then there's the part with the uh, with the fifty. Yeah, and with all movies, you know, whenever there's like a plan, planned, it never go- is supposed to go exactly as planned. Because if it does, you know, then then that's boring, you know. Right. So now something does change, but I think what changes is the fact that she does that part where she feigns like she, uh, yeah. And now I think it's coming more into focus because yeah, she ends up lying about the fact that uh, uh, Melanie just kind of uh, grabbed the money, right? Because who she ultimately is telling the truth all the way to is with Max. Yeah, yes. she's he's the only one who gets to know the full truth because she he's the one who helps her get the money in the end. And even still, but, uh, he doesn't yeah. know the full plan. He just knows the he just gets the full truth. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, but yeah, they, and that's when it comes down, like we had mentioned before, where they take what the, what uh, Melanie and Lewis assume to be all of the money, but is actually just like ten thousand with a. Uh, uh, a couple of books in there to make it seem heavier. Yeah. And they walk out and they're trying to get to the car, but uh, Lewis is, I mean, um, Melanie keeps giving uh, Lewis shit and going like, oh, where's the car, buddy? I thought you knew where the car was, huh? Where's the car? And the thing about it is, like, again, Lewis is being all fucking hot-tempered and being like, you know, bitch, shut up. Say another motherfucking word. You know, I'm going to shoot your ass. And the thing is, she actually says, Okay, okay, Lewis. Lewis. And then like, he just... It's when she says, okay, when he just pops her. And it's like, so you were just getting mad for no fucking reason. Yeah, no, it was like, that was that was the most literal scene. It was like, it's like, shut up, just shut the fuck up. Just don't say one more word. She's like, okay, Lewis. Pow! Pow! He shoots her twice. And I'm like, god damn it. Like, okay, you know she was being pissy just to say something else. But, like, she was literally saying, okay. Like, yeah. it was going... She wasn't... It was going to be fine until you got in your feelings, you know? And you shot her in fucking broad daylight in the goddamn parking lot. Right, like, and I'm like, why know, did like, you these, not these, speed these run criminals. to the van? Yeah, like some dumbass criminals. And he's just like, hey, see, I told you. It was he right here. Like, he walks know. to the car. <laughs> not like 15 yards from the damn corpse. Yeah. In broad daylight. And, and then like the car stalls the, out. Four in the afternoon. <laughs> 
Right, and then the car stalls out at first. Where it's like, wow, you really could have just been stuck ass out there if, if you didn't just happen to get lucky and the car turned over the second time. Right. Like, wow. <laughs> and, and what's wild, too, because Melanie died and she was probably already going to be curtailed by the police, mm. you know, they would they can't arrest her. Now, but now that she's dead, yeah. but they see she's been shot, so now they got to find the murderer, which is right. Which is so Lewis. they screwed themselves over. It is like it's weird. The plan, the the more stupid and incompetent, um, Ordell and Lewis and Melanie end up, it all ends up working out more in Jackie's favor than had her plan <laughs> gone completely like as it was supposed yeah. to. Like because they because yeah. they fucked up more, it made her plan work better. <laughs> yeah, because originally she was just like, "Hey, either, if it goes these two ways, like, hey, either you know, um, the police find out and I end up going to county, but hey, I did work with them, so I'm not going to get as much. Or you know, it goes this way, and maybe I don't get everything I want, but you know, I will be able to move this way. And and yeah, like you said, because of their incompetency, it goes the best way it could have gone. Yeah. Because originally, the way she planned it, it sounds like she's just like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of just stuck in a rut of a situation, but we'll see how it goes out. Yeah. And then because they fuck it up, just like, oh hey, I have plausible deniability that I didn't have nothing to do with this. Because look, uh, the dude shot her, and so that had nothing to do with me. You know. Yeah, because like uh, initially. Her plan was going to go down either one of two ways. Either Ordell get, goes down and she basically gets off scot-free because of uh, immunity. Or she... But doesn't get any money, right? But wouldn't get any money. Or she goes to prison for Ordell, doesn't say anything, and he has an offshore account and gives her, what, like 200K? So, <laughs> because... Yeah. Because the three musketeers over here fucked up so hard... <laughs> She gets yeah. both and more. <laughs> right. She ends up getting like the cool million. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like she gets everything. She gets double what she would have got with Ordell. We get Ordell's fate. Yeah. Half a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half a million. Then what happens with Ordell and then um, immunity because all the charges get put on yep. Ordell. So there's. Yep. And uh, so Ordell uh, you know, he, he meets with, uh, Lewis who, you know, he was at a strip club. So they were like, oh, well he didn't have anything to do with anything. So we don't know where he could have been, but then Lewis picks him up and he goes like, wait, uh, where, uh, where's Melanie? He's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I shot her. I, I had to shoot her, you know, she was the intervention. And, she, and the way fucking Sam's, Sam's reaction, like, ah, he seemed more right, like, well, do what you gotta do. It's like, damn, he seemed way more disappointed than disheartened. He was, he was. Because he was just like, he's like, you shot her. It's like, I shot her. She wouldn't shut the fuck up. So I had to shoot her. It's like, but he, he sounds like someone that had like a Funko Pop broken. Like, damn, right. man. All right. Well, did you at least get the money? Like, just like, breezing past the fact that yeah. he murdered did somebody. Did you at least make sure what? she was dead? Uh, yeah. It's like, like, it's like oh, damn. Well, all right. Anyways. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It's just um, Bridget Fonda. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, then he, you know, he gets pissed off at uh, uh, at Lewis because it's like, wait, not only is she dead, but now we this this thing's a little light by about half a million. So, what the fuck happened? You know, why why is so much money gone? And where is she? Oh, are you sure she's not, like, you know, chilling at a hotel somewhere waiting for you to come back? He's like, no, nah, no. Nah, like, you know, I, I fucking shot her. And then this is what was in the money. So, I don't know what the fuck happened. But then Ordell has that moment where he's like, 
God damn it, it was Jackie. <laughs> like, he figures yep. it out, you know? And, and, um, he, yeah, he but, figures out a lot, too, because he's like, it, they both figure it out at the same time where they're like, she put books in the bag to make it feel like it was all the money. And obviously, we wouldn't check to see if it was the money because we just trust her. And right. He's like, and he's like, it's fucking Jackie. They trusted Jackie in the same way that the police just trusted Jackie. <laughs> yep. You know? Uh, but what were you going to say? Oh, no, that was it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just so slick. Like, wow, that's just how that played out. Like, fucking slick as butter. Yeah. And then, um, and then of course, uh, Ordell gets pissed off, and he just fucking uh, shoots him, uh, shoots Lewis twice in the belly. Again, in this car, where, like, Ordell, for a criminal, he ain't think any of this shit through. Like, he just fucking shoots him in the car that was supposed to be their getaway yep. motherfucking car. Um... And then, but he says a line, which I was trying to figure out which, uh, who he was talking about. Because he shoots him, and he says, like, God damn it, uh, what happened to you, man? Her ass used to be beautiful. And I was like, wait, was he talking about Melanie or about Jackie Brown? Right. And it's like, I, that, I don't, I think at the time I was presuming it was Melanie, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but Because at first, I thought he was talking about the incompetency of Lewis, so I thought he was going to say, like, your ass used to be cool, but then it's like, her ass used to be beautiful. And I'm like, wait, what does that have to do with the person you just shot? What? <laughs> Ordell figures out that Max Cherry has something to do with it because at one point, uh, Lewis mentions, like, oh, yeah, Max, I saw that uh, I saw that bail bondsman there that was there. And she's like, what the fuck? He was there? Well, God damn it, that meant something. Why the fuck would you not bring that up? <laughs> you know? Um... <laughs> So, you know, he goes over there, you know, basically calls him and goes like, hey, motherfucker, you know, like, we're getting my money tonight and we're going over to your place to get it. And you better not do nothing sideways or, you know, everybody's head's getting popped off, you know. Um, and so, you know, he goes with Max Cherry uh, to his uh, to to his business to get the money where uh, he, they're supposed to meet Jackie. And now the thing that kind of confused me about this scene is like Jackie is like, you know, I think she pours herself a drink and then she like kind of does the thing where she like pulls out the gun a couple of times to be like, oh, this is what's going to happen when, when this motherfucker shows up yep. and kind of like sets things up and stuff like that to be like, yeah, I'm going to be sitting here real chill. You know, it's kind of like the behind the scenes of like when you go into the to the movie where where the the smarter person is like, you know, turns the chair around. It's like, I've been waiting for you this whole time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, her actually setting it up. So you see how nervous she actually is. But you don't see anyone in there with her at first. You, it's just her. So that must mean she must have called the cops to set it up. I guess after that, but before Ordell and Max get there. Huh. That that that. But we did. But we didn't. You know, we didn't see it, so we can't confirm. But that's the only way that could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, he comes in. And he's like, "Hey, you know, hey, Jackie, how you doing, Jackie? You know." And then all of a sudden. uh she goes like, oh no, Ordell's got a gun. And then, you know, Batman comes in, you know. <laughs> Batman and, and, comes and, in with the pistol, caps him yeah, three times. You know, Batman, no, you're not supposed to use guns. You're not supposed to kill people. Batman, oh, no. All use your hands. Use your hands. <laughs> you're supposed to, like, wrap him up in a, in a bat wire or something. Yeah. <laughs> but nah, yeah. And so, you know, everything goes out down as planned because the, the dude who definitely needed to be taken out of here was taken out of here. Um... And you get the last sort of scene of him like looking up and just like clearly dead. But it's just like the way his face looks, it just so feels like he's still, you know, acting in that moment. Yep. He's just like, I can't believe this bitch shot me. I can't believe this bitch played me. 
<laughs> it was I who was duped all along. <laughs> uh, and then three days later, she meets up with Max to try to ask him if she wants, uh, if he wants to go with her to uh, uh, to Spain. Yeah. And I honestly don't know why he doesn't. Because yeah, he's I'm like, like, going like you, hey, you said you wanted to get out of the game. This is a literal exactly. Out. Yeah, he's just like, oh yeah, you know, I've been uh, you know, doing the shit for 19 years. I don't want to do this anymore. Like he brings up this one uh, scenario where right after he dropped off Jackie, he was like, right after I did that job, I had to do another job where I was waiting for you know, dude who skipped bail, you know, waiting with a gun in his house that smelled like cat piss. And after you know the first two hours of just sitting in there and smelling cat piss, yep. and apparently the guy didn't even show, I was just like, "What the hell am I doing with my life?" <laughs> Which I'm like, you know, valid questions were asked. Yeah, so I'm like, dude, like just go with her, and and it is one of those things. It's like, you know, they they of course play up the, the the fact that he has feelings for her, especially with the with the very overwrought music of like, you know, you hear this really pretty music that starts playing, like, girl, if only I could tell you how I feel when uh, he bails her out, and you know, he sees her like walking down, you know, t- towards the car, and so when you get to this moment, like, it's not that it's been a really big play, really bigly. <sighs> for lack of another word, uh, played up romance. But when it does happen, it does feel kind of earned. Because it's like, yeah, he was the one dude who wasn't like, you know, uh, trying to use her for such and such, who was actually like really cool and like a like chill-ass dude who just wanted to like sort of like, you know, uh, you know, see what she was doing and go like, oh, hey, you're a cool motherfucker. Let's play some music and kick it. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, and he never overstepped his boundaries and like that. And so when you finally get to that moment where she's like, hey, I'm about to go. You want to come with? It's like, ah, oh, no, I can't. And then, like, they do that thing where it just looks so organic, where they come, like, close to each other, where it looks like it's just going to be like, oh, all right, I guess I'll see you later. But then they kind of close in a little bit more, and they do that little, you know, bit of the snaky thing where it's like, are we going for this kiss? Is, is this what like, yeah, Okay, I think it is. And you're just like, like yeah, yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> this about to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's so organic in a way that's just like, Dude, why not go, man? What the fuck? Yeah, like, bro, look, if, if Pam Greer pulls up and says, hey, you want to go to Madrid? Love. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to Madrid. I'm going to Madrid. I don't care if I don't speak Spanish. I'm alert. Yeah, it's like, let me get my passport real quick. You taking anything with you? It, it, uh, the clothes I got on uh, and my phone? I, I, I need I need a I need a passport and a, uh, uh, you know, a Rosetta Stone and we get... <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's all I really need. It's like, shit. But yeah, and then it... And then it ends with her uh, driving off uh, into the proverbial sunset, singing the lyrics to Across 110th Street, Pimps trying to catch a woman this week. <laughs> so it was just like, and it was so that moment you could feel of just like, dude, I got away. I'm feeling this fucking music right now. I'm just singing along to the goddamn lyrics. Like, I was yep. like, I feel you, Pam. <laughs> so while it's. Again, not my favorite. Like, you know, I, I can enjoy it for what it was doing, mm-hmm. but it's just like, yeah, I can appreciate what the what the character moments were in the plotting, but it's just like as an actual film to watch, it is it is hard it's not as satisfying to me, you know, as his other movies mm-hmm. are to watch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, do you have any final thoughts? Um Yeah, I it, a lot of things Work, like even as we've discussed it i think a lot of it worked for me i think the acting worked with this day an alarmingly strong cast um i don't know how to describe it but the movie weirdly feels like it's a circle um how do you mean i'll say this much jackie brown in terms of like character intelligence 
is probably one of the smartest I've seen put on screen because it's not, it's interesting one, because you know, it's an older black woman who's your lead protagonist. And two, it's not really villainous or insidious. It's a woman trying to get away from, uh, get out from under her relationship with a gun smuggler and those illegal antics Mm. and whatever incriminating evidence he has on her and then getting out from under the feds and whatever grip they have on her from there. So she's getting pressure from two ends and trying to figure out the circumstances that work out best for her. And weirdly enough from people's own incompetence, it actually made her situation better. (laughs) So it's like she was prepared for it to go down two different ways where either she walked with no money or she goes to jail, eventually walks, and has some money. And then she wound up walking with almost all of the money. Yeah. So it's, and, and I guess it just goes to show how, you know, uh, uh, you know, black women having to deal with, you know, uh, being a double minority, right? Being black and women, right? Like, yeah. have to deal with all, all this bullshit, you know, their whole lives. And they can, you know, get screw them over all the way. And, you know, we have this, you know, bullshit idea of, like, meritocracy in America. But it's like, no, nah, man, the only way you're getting out of this shit is just getting lucky, man. Like, yeah, and, <laughs> you know. She she kind of has a happy ending at the end of all of it. And what I... Absolutely, yeah, yeah. What I can... Weirdly, what I can appreciate having... Oh, I've also seen Death Proof. Um, <laughs> I, I just remembered that that was a Tarantino-Robert Rodriguez movie. Yeah, gonna have to get to that one eventually. Oh, brother. Oh, boy. I kind of want to come back for that. That's a ride. Um, a literal ride. Um, but it's interesting as a Tarantino flick because like, it has a lot of his isms in here, but the stuff that he's more so mm-hmm. known for now doesn't show up really outside of uh really just saying nigga a lot yeah it's like that in the foot shots but it's like the violence isn't nearly as gratuitous the disrespect in, towards in fact, women I think, is mostly it's like it's yeah. in it's in context it's not just people like right, Fuck these right. Bitches. it's like no it's a dirty dirty motherfucker Who's the dirtiest asshole? Yeah, the dirtiest yeah. asshole from the rooter to the tutor. Who's is like, well, yeah, <laughs> clearly he's gonna be a misogynist. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, and I feel like he's. I feel like it's only him who says the n word actually in the movie. I don't think any of the white characters do. The white characters don't. Um, yeah, it's really just him and Jackie, and, and I guess Beaumont. Yeah, and Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, him, yeah. Jackie, and Beaumont are the, the only the black people say it. Um, the the yeah the violence isn't gr- gratuitous like the you know the stuff with women it's honestly not as bad as it usually it, like there's a lot of don't get me wrong there's a lot of women in not great situations so it's like like when you see uh uh, uh Lewis's character treat her like that where he's like almost like basically puts a fist almost up to her face right now or it's just like oh my god like yeah you're really seeing the shittiness of this character being influenced by Ordell, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what the context of it is, right? Where it's just like this guy who's very incredulous and kind of dumb and easily led around is like, oh, okay, well, this is what I'm gonna have to do to take care of her because that—that's what he said I'm, I could do, you know? Like, yeah, and yeah, and even the the romance that happened between um, Max and and Jackie, it doesn't really seem forced. Um, or yeah, or sudden like uh, some and, some and like stuff. you said, he's never talked sideways to her. You know what I mean? No, he like was, he was pretty nice the whole time. Like he, I don't think he talked sideways yeah. to anybody really. 
Like, it, at, yeah. at most, he's just like, look, I'm just trying to do my job. This is my protocol. The, the most he talks sideways to is Ordell <laughs> at the moment where he's like, hey, how about you do it for, how about you just slide over the 10000 that I already gave you? He's like, motherfucker, like, no, he's you like, gotta actually on, give me a little bit more than that. Like, yeah, come on. Because he has that line where he's like, what, is white guilt supposed to make me feel bad about this? That shit <laughs> was supposed funny. to make me forget that, that I'm was supposed to do my job. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that was, that's a low key like, bar. Ordell did try to play him. <laughs> But like, he saw through that, you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I legit think it, it, it's good. It's, weirdly enough, because it doesn't do most of what Quentin's kind of known for. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think even the whole sequence of, I guess it's a heist, yeah, essentially is what Jackie pulls off in that mall. It seems like a more... So I, in, in, it's a heist on her, like, with how she's thinking, yeah, you know? It, like, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, it seems a bit more like a polished version of what he did in Pulp Fiction, but it's more so, it's a scene mm. rather than a whole film. So, I think that makes it slightly yeah. easier to follow, because now you're just dealing with perspective. Um, and, you know, you kind of see the overlap of where lines start to, where people interact with one another for various reasons to kind of move the money around. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why intention and whatnot. Yeah, so I, I I think a lot of it works. Um, and now I'm now I'm wondering. I'm just like, oh god, what what else is there coming down the? Where pipe? does it go from here? Yeah, I'm just like, oh fuck, <laughs> what else is there coming? It's like, what is like, what are the projects from him that I haven't haven't seen? I'm trying to think. I'm just like, oh shit. Well, next is Kill Bill, so it can't be too bad. Oh, okay, right? that's fun. <laughs> It is weird to think he actually has not made that many movies. No. Because, like, this is 97, and his next movie is Kill Bill in, like, what, 2002, 2003? Yeah. Yeah, he takes big gaps in his movies, because between Django and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, what was that? Six years? Eight years? Had to be. You know, I enjoy the characters, and I enjoy the moments, and uh, talking with you has gotten me to appreciate the movie a little bit more, but it's still, like, a movie where it's just, like, but it's hard to just rewatch it, because it is mostly about, like, the plotting of moving money around, which mm. can feel a little monotonous, like, in its, in the action of it, you know, but yeah, watching Pam movie. Greer, yeah, but watching Pam Greer, like, maneuver her way through it is satisfying to see when you're, like... When you finally are keyed into like, oh, here's how she's playing it. Oh, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's about all. This has been the Review a New Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, hit that link in the description uh, if you listen to this episode, uh, wherever you're listening to this episode, uh, to join my Patreon to support the show and get to see episodes uh, early and exclusive episodes. Uh, or support the show on Kofi where you can make movie requests and all that fun, sexy stuff. And until next time, I'm DJ. And I'm Will. And I play the street light. Cause there's nowhere else to go. I'm talking about street light. It's the only life I know. It just surprised me when I saw it because uh, I've been watching, I've been watching the Venture Brothers, and they uh, there's an episode I think in like the sixth season where that song starts playing, <laughs> and I didn't know what it was, so I was just like, wait, is this supposed to be like a thriller sounding song? Like, what is this? <laughs> and then turns out, no, it's from Sharky's Machine, the '70s movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah.